Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August 16th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, we're uh, we're back. Take Attempt two. two. Take two at the start. Wasn't what well, didn't get very far. I I'm worse for the wear, and uh, apparently my yeah. computer is also worse for the wear. <laughs> at Josie's birthday party, we don't need to rehash the comments about that, but. One-year-old birthday parties are uh, just cause for parents to, uh, you know, probably celebrate themselves. And here we are, Sunday night, we're shaking off the cobwebs. You made a few comments about how you're optimistic about Justin Fields, but will be lost to history. You are not on the record about that. You're guarded. You seem excited. You might have had a text on Saturday that was tongue-in-cheek that he's already better than Mahomes. I don't know, but it's best that we just not let you comment about Justin Fields for fear of jinxing anything. I think that was a sign that we're going to... I'll I'll relay any Fields comments as an unbiased, or I'm sorry, as a neutral observer that can't have hope or doesn't need to have hope, uh, and we'll just let you remain silent on the second attempt. Uh, All right. You know, we'll just let the Bears fans bask away. I feel like... Saturday. That's like early Saturday. the The world was just talking about Justin Fields. Everybody was. Well, Bears fans to get a one o'clock preseason game, right? You know, it's there's never there's no you know Saturday one o'clock preseason game. So it was all Fields all day on that on that feed. So I mean, uh, I'm, I'm every, excited. No, nobody was talking about the Red Rifle. Yeah, I saw someone. <laughs> There was some one of the NFL tweets or you know NFL accounts I followed like sharp one of the sharper minds. It's like what a great start for uh, Andy Dalton. There was like two three and outs, but like I don't know he must have had a throw that had some zip on it or something. It was just like the ball the ball didn't move anywhere. But this just obligated to say nice things about everyone in the preseason. So um, all right, let's get into it. We should note we're the first ever the inaugural. Rucket bucket. It's not a courier cup. It's not a cup or a bowl of any kind. It's a bucket. It is a. It is the chase for the rucket bucket. It will be a, a three week march uh, during the uh, playoffs, the PGA Tours playoffs. But you know, you win it by answering our stupid little questions, similar to some of our other pools. We'll have some some amusing or, or odd, off the wall, uh, prompts and questions. Rucket has generously. Uh, donated a few grand prizes with, uh, you know, nets, hitting mats. We'll get into more of those specifics, obviously, as the finals come down the stretch. And even on Wednesday, there'll be weekly prizes. We'll be giving away shotgun start stuff, rucket prizes, rucket golf balls, things like that. But keep an eye out for that pool. The rucket bucket, um, first ever. I mean, first, maybe only. I don't know. We'll see. But it's like the 07 Courier Cup. It's big, rolling it out. And uh, it'll be live Monday morning. And, We're you know, going to we'll go through it. numerous. Iter- if it keeps going every year, it'll be new 
iterations, new score point keeping. systems. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> insist that it, it's great and it's you know the perfect the way you know the perfect format, but really in actuality, we'll talk about it behind closed doors about how much we loathe it. And uh, hey, let's talk about golf. There's a lot of golf on this weekend. It it was a strong weekend for golf. I think you know there wasn't a major championship. Um, formerly a major, the USA Amateur was formerly you know, once yeah, a major. It's pretty disrespectful to the USA. I wasn't trying to, but it, it demonstrated sort of the strength and numbers of impact that some of these weekends can have on golf. I think the Wyndham as a standalone, eh, not great. You know, the Kazoo Classic, I don't know. Women's Scottish, it's just kind of, and obviously you have the 25 cards being handed out in, uh, in Omaha. So it was just really strong weekend of golf across the board. Uh, where do you want to begin? USAM? Um, yeah, wh- why not? Let's talk about the USAM. All right, James. It was a disaster. It's, it's coverage disaster today. Oh. I guess that's all right. So not a great weekend for golf. We're going negative, hard. No, I well, got early. And it was, I, it it was awesome, awesome, you know, championship. Just a brutal butchering of coverage all week long. I, and I know that these things are set in, in the future, but, like, how do you not televise the round of eight or, the like, very little of the round of 16? You got Those are the two best rounds of the USAM. It's barely on. And then today was just the, just the golf can't get out of its own way. You're going flipping back and forth from the Shaw Charity Classic <laughs> with the USAM. Like, we got Billy Playfair, you know, skull and bunker shots, <laughs> bouncing them off, off grandstands and back onto the green. And then it's like, <laughs> let's flip back to this final of the, of the USAM. Like, un, just like, you can't but do then, that. And then it had a hard out at 6 o'clock Eastern yes. for the America's Got Talent, well, which on the 17th tee box or the you know 35th hole tee box i i it was just i didn't get that like we couldn't wait to go to 605 610 or whatever well, this it was is the thing it really screwed up so i went for a walk with my family and uh and like i hit the dvr i did the i dvr'd it like or whatever yeah. you know like yeah. i recorded it and i come back and it this it just cuts out I, I got numerous people tweeting it, similar stories at me, yeah. and it's the same thing happened to me. It just like it. Okay, well, they switched the channel and like I I'm out. I don't I don't have any more recording. That was just it was so messy. It was just messy. Like just keep it on golf because then it didn't go back to golf channel. It went to NBC Sports Network. I don't know if like you know what's on that like the me come auto auctions twitter was pissed that they got bumped for the last 15 minutes of the us amateur um like because i know nascar twitter was losing their shit because then they they bumped into that moved that to nbc sports network they waited a while to move it yeah, over yeah that's so the other to- thing there's indecision everywhere that was the whole problem i think is that they're clearly didn't have a plan. They didn't know what to do with the golf and the NASCAR. That was like the first hurdle. Yeah. So then yeah. they did like what was the worst thing ever was that they, you know, they kept, they bumped the NASCAR late 
because they clearly didn't decide they were gonna, you know, bump it. Yeah. And yeah. and then in the meantime, they're split screening the USAM with the Shaw Charity Classic on the Champions Tour. Like and you got partners breathing down your neck. On like USGA's calling, like, hey man, why aren't we on NBC? I'm sure. You know, NASCAR is wondering, like, what are you doing? Uh, you probably have Pontevedra. Like, we need our shot charity classic coverage. Like, this is part of the deal. So you just, it's like a constant juggle. And that was, but, like, the DVR impacts are bad. I thought the coverage was kind of great. The actual yes. broadcast. I thought Justin Leonard, like, I don't always think mm. he's awesome. But I thought he was okay. That's he was advocating not a bad for slow spot. play. Oh, he was? I didn't hear that part. Uh, was, I thought he, he had a couple of about, nuggets, which is but uh, Greaser was, you know, playing, got playing a little oh, too fast. To and okay. He needs to slow down, you know, right. walk up and, and check stuff out. Like I was like, what, what's going on? He had a great comment. Maybe I'm just like giving him an A for like what I thought was one good comment about uh, the Greaser, like the lawn bunker shot, and Bones was sort of like uh, shocked that he got a skip. And Leonard was like, well, some of these old-time courses, member play, like, there's so much bunker sand that's come out of the edge. Like, those, those, you get those skips around the edges of the green because of all the sand that's come out of the bunkers. Uh, you know, there was a, a bunker that was closer up by the green, but that's where he landed his ball and got the skip. And I don't know. Maybe I just <laughs> gave him an A based off that. It's like, oh, that's a good... Like, he gave Bones sort of insight there, where Bones was, uh, you know, shocked that he got a skip forward bounce. Anyways... Bones was good. You got Bones walking with one guy. You got Noda with another guy. You got Jims Gallagher Jr. up ahead doing the whole overviews. I just thought it was like, and of course, this is a luxury when you only have two players on the course. Um, I thought it was the coverage was actually, aside from the channel, you know, merry-go-round, wasn't too bad. Uh, and we didn't have uh, Mr. Pressure got the week off because, you know, when he drops into an event where he doesn't actually have a ton of familiarity with the players, that's that's you lean on the pressure crutch big time and the intangibles and these two guys, you know, they this is the most pressure. So he got the weekend off. Uh, you know, typically that would be a spot for him and Dan Hicks, but I think how about how about the win for the Big Ten? Well, you are quibbling with this note in uh, the USGA's official notes. He said he's the first, James Pyatt of Michigan State is the first active Big Ten golfer to win the U.S. Amateur since John Cook in 78. There's there's a distinction here, a clarifying doesn't, distinction. Doesn't Matt, count. Matty Fitz doesn't count. No. For, so, yeah, he says Matt Fitzpatrick had you're not taking yet a, You're enrolled. taking a title away from the city of Chicago. He had not yet enrolled, so he must have been, what, like two, three weeks away from enrolling at Northwestern. Some wonder if he ever actually did. Did he? It's not confirmed that he was ever actually even there, uh, despite their claims that he's Chicago's own. Uh, and I guess John Harris was an alumnus of Minnesota when he won at uh, advanced age of 41 in 1993. So good good win for the Big Ten, right? Michigan Michigan native. It was a great, it was a great Midwest, uh, Midwest setup there with... Uh, with Greaser and Piat. Piat. James Piat, our, our new Havemeyer Trophy winner. Uh it was it was a good final. Um not two two guys who are not like Walker Cupper talents or yeah. elite, but in the top hundred in the Wager, top eighty. I think they're both in the eighties. So mm-hmm. um, that, I was really impressed with Grabrelsic, who lost in the semis. Yeah. He was great. 
Um, obviously, he won the freshman of the year, NCAA freshman of the year. So should be, you know, not a surprise that he was great, but I was really impressed with his game all week long. Um, won a lot of uh, a lot of big matches. So Hey, I don't think they should have fans at the amateur anymore. What? The crowds are out of control. They're blocking the camera angles. Couldn't see anything. They'd walk up on the edge of the green. You think they need to get some ropes? I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm half kidding. Like, of course, that's a great, one of the great aspects of it. But they were walking everywhere. They were all over the place. They'd be at golf shells trying to get these shots, and they'd walk in these just, you got Jamokes wandering into the middle of the frame. They're blocking the ball. You don't know where the ball finished around the hole because some guy decides to walk onto the fringe. Uh, Jim Gallagher's trying to do demonstrations, and you got, you know, Karen walking in the middle of it. Uh, I, I love that it. moment. <laughs> it was just so much of that. Well, was, here's the other thing. Like, why did Jim get, well, couldn't Jim Gallagher have done that this morning? Like, couldn't they have pre recorded all those bits and actually probably. played them, like, right before they started the hole instead That's of it I being, like, get. a whole yeah. head? Like, it was yeah. so. I it just wasn't you know like as great as it was it could have been a lot better. I was watching on my I was watching on streaming for a little bit there and I thought like my stream got like ahead of it. Like I I'd been watching. Oh, I wonder if it got caught because they're showing Jim Gallagher on the seventh. I was like, I swear I just watched their tee shots in the six, and it's like, oh no, he's just like doing what they're going to be doing in like fifteen minutes from now. So as opposed to right now. So yeah, that was a little awkward, but. The crowds were, ah, the crowd control was a little, I don't know, a little lacking. There were people everywhere. Just, a greaser several times was like, hey, you're like, you, you could tell those guys aren't used to hitting out of shoots with line. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a totally different phenomenon for them, right? I mean, it probably adds to the anxiety. The morning match was not good. It was a pillow fight, the morning round. Um but no, it, it was I, at the girls' junior. They were like intense. They were aggressive. You couldn't get anywhere, like near the fairway. So, but but that was the, the fans were wandering to and fro. It was, it was good. It was good amateur, which you know you're going to get at Oakmont. What do you want to talk about the alternate lines? Uh, first off, I I thought the sure. um, I thought this match was like a it was a wonderful seesaw. It was like 36 yeah. old matches can go like a lot of different ways. But this one was like the best kind in the sense of like you had uh, Pyatt uh, kind of take control early. That Greaser had his run in the in the beginning of that uh, second eighteen, the TV and then window. and then yeah. it, it, you had Pyatt close it out on the stre- on the back nine coming back, and it, so it had that kind of like that ebb and flow, the little seesaw, like and that that was cool for thirty six hole match. I mean. I something I was thinking about, like, and, and this is just a crazy idea, and I don't think anybody, but like, if you're gonna have national television on the USAM, you should have it on like the round of eight or round of sixteen, on on like NBC network yeah. television. You mean yeah, yeah. I agree. I I just think like it's like you use this as your one day of of network TV, and it's like yeah. It's just like this is the worst representation of this event. Um, is the just down to two? I know you're crowning a champion. That's a big deal, and this is why it's a, you know, people will be like you're an idiot for coming up. But like, if you want to attract like and show the best product on on network TV, 
it would be when you're in the round of eight, round of 16, because like the, the product will be so much, it's not like I, something that was illuminating to me, was just like how much time was spent walking back to tee boxes that were built because of this crazy distance. The golf ball goes interesting. Like really, it it was, yeah. Like so many times there's just like this, like three minute break while they're walking back to the back tee. You know, it's like, oh, they just finished a hundred yard walk back to that back tee. You know? <laughs> well, you oh, they finished the... walk off this green. Oh, they got 110 yards back to the back tee. Well, that's when you get the USGA PSA. You know, yeah. Jack Nicholas voiceover about the integrity of the game and things like that. So that you got to fill the... a lot of storytelling done in the finals and in the dead moments. Um, yeah, let's talk about alternate lines. Just a catnip for certain subsection of Twitter, golf Twitter. Uh, he saw it. Brentley Romine was reporting on the ground. He did his own little graphic work for it, and uh, away we went. Um, I mean, it's it's fine. It is what it is. I, I don't. I'm certainly not going to engage in that debate. Uh, I, I think Oakmont. I saw a few Oakmont members tweeting their disgust at how it was. Not great. So a lot of people are advocating this is why you have trees. Um, people advocating the equipment is the problem. Um, I thought it was sort of cool to watch them do it in action today on TV. 11, coming back up 11. It does seem to have a better better angle there up the gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you, What's your takeaway? People probably want to hear your comments on it. It was good to see those guys. It's ingenuity. It's creativity. Yeah, it is. It's thinking outside the box. That's fun. But, like, it makes total sense. They're playing to wider parts of, like, the fairways are wider. And this is part of the thing is, like, I actually was, uh, I I saw that Tom Doak, somebody sent me a post Tom Doak made on uh, Golf Club Atlas. And he talked about how, well, maybe this is because they narrowed the fairways and tightened them with bunkers. And it's thrown the equation off. And it's totally true. Like, the fairways are so laughably narrow. It's like, why would I even try and hit this 20-yard wide fairway that's got 12-foot bunkers on the right and left sides? Like that, or I could hit, I could blast it over here, yeah. and it's 40 yards wide over here, and in many cases, I have a better angle. And it's, I kind of think, in a way, that all of the the contriving to keep up with the modern equipment, like finally, like the the scales pushed over with this and and i think like just i think the game's changed a lot since 2016 because a lot of people are like why didn't we see this in 2016 um and and these kids like college the swing speed on on d1 college golf player golfers are is higher than the swing speed on the pga tour so these guys are longer i i would also say this is probably how they just regularly think everywhere they go now it's not just an oakmont thing they show up at a course and it's a classic course and it's a saturday i'm not even talking about an ncaa competition and they're like oh well no the caddy's like oh i've I've never thought about that maybe some regular looper for members like this is just how they play right well i hit it this far i see that over there i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna try that And and this is you know the equipment stuff I think that's just how they've come up and how the equipment is obviously a part of that equation. And then they get to Oakmont and because we've seen Oakmont in so many more, so many times in history and it's, you know, this is how you play it. And it's got this reputation. They just like, Hey, no, I I see a landing area over there and I'm going to hit it there. I I do this all the time. 
Um, and it's Oakmont. So we're able to have some sort of much more frame of reference on it. Um, what do you, do you, what's your answer to if there were trees there, they wouldn't have been able to do that? Should there have been trees there? Like, I mean, that's just sort of like a, a, an easy layup of a rebuttal to this, but. I mean, uh, sure, if there are trees. But, like, here's the thing. Do you want, um, let's say we have this really famous, uh, we'll just use the Field Museum in Chicago. Okay. Uh, you know what? Like, let's uh, let's put aluminum siding on it because it'll it'll protect it better from you know from yeah. weather. Yeah. So. All right. Plus, it's a historical. It's like a historical landmark championship golf course. Like, just just let yep. it be the way it was. Right. Um. Right. Now, okay. like the flip side of that is like it's not exactly the way it was. Like they've built some bunkers that. Right. Like Tom Doak said, narrow in. So it, but I think, I think like with trees, I, I think that's an extreme case where they took out like literally every tree. And that's the right. thing that I think bothers me the most is everybody's like trees, trees. Yeah. And then they, they <laughs> use that yeah. as like the example. Every course is doing that. No, no, not that that's not really happening. Yeah. Most courses are identifying like a lot of trees they want to keep and getting rid of the ones that like just were pl- haphazardly planted that are non-invasive species. Like Oakmont is is the extreme example of tree removal. Now, like you know, one of the things the tree removal the rough was really short this week, and I'm not sure. You know, I I'm happy it was short. I I, I don't really. I'm not a big fan of eight inch rough hacking it out. Like they kept it shorter, but like one of the things, like if you don't keep the rough short, not having trees makes the rough extremely penalizing because the grass grows phenomenally. So I don't know. I think it was, uh, I mean, a lot of those lines make a lot of sense when you look at them. It's just like, why wouldn't you play it over here if you can and I get like the equipment has allowed them allowed them to do that in the way that they are. Um, but also that's like part of the history of the game is is people figuring out new ways or creative yeah. or, or trying and failing new. You know, uh, going for different. You know, what's the uh, the tree at Inverness? Well, like, I mean, that's an extreme example too. But like, th- that's just even in the '60s, '70s. Like, it's always trying different stuff, and that, well, that's the case. The, the equipment too. allows them to do it now. But this is part of the history of the game too. One of the funny things about it is like everybody they uh Brentley posted this thing, you know, and he said that there are like a you know a lot of players doing this. We had no clue what they were scoring. They could have been scoring like right. significantly right. worse playing over there, and everybody's right. yelling about it. Like nobody right. knew there's right. no data. Like they could have been playing worse. Like nobody right. knows like if they were actually like truly successful. Obviously we saw some of it in action um during the match play, but like the as a whole, the cumulative, nobody knows if it actually helped you. Right. I right. think like some of you look at it, it's like, yeah, that probably helped a lot. But like some others, like it might not have been a, like a, a black and white situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a good, another good amateur, though. A good, good event of the week. Any other I, comments I, you got? On- yeah, I really loved last year with the with the West Coast. I kind of, I longed yeah. for the West Coast uh, hours because, like, it it just you know this is nothing that you can control, and you're always going to have the the USAM go to all these different places. But 
but like it ran into everything else. Like there's all this other stuff on. Yeah, we got lucky with the Wyndham finishing right as the TV yeah. came on at Oakmont. But yes, it, did there we was did a lot did viewers get lucky? <laughs> that they got tape delayed Wyndham with a coverage gap. I watched. Uh, yeah, uh, if 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 people weren't savvy, it took me like ten minutes to figure out how to watch it. Yeah, it was it was jumping around, and, then, and I realized then I was off. I was, uh, you know, I was trying to do multiple things, had it on, and then it took me like 10, 15 minutes to realize I was just on a permanent like black screen or something. I, I dropped the ball. So, all right, anything else from Oakmont? The, the West Coast thing. I had someone. I thought last year was awesome. I thought last year was fantastic. Uh, it, better than this year. Then that's not a comment on the venue or anything like that. I just. Yeah, I had more fun last year. Maybe it was with Strafacci jokes or whatever it was. But I think it's because of the time. It was every night yeah. you got it prime time for like a week. For a That's week. like the cool thing is like this event spans so many days that you get it from, you know, Wednesday through Sunday. You could if they, you know, if they did the if they did the stroke play, that would be neat, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's I think that West Coast thing was a big deal because everybody sat down like it's when people have time, you know. Stands out, yeah. It's it's just I, like I, I I work in golf. My job is like partly to watch golf, and it's hard sometimes to find to like you got calls, you have different things. Like it's hard to watch it like two o'clock on a Thursday, and the the rigid windows were just bizarre to me. Yes, like, it's three to five. And all of a sudden, you know, with the rain delays, like, well, all right, they've now started on the that round of 16, and they're like on the fourth hole, but we're done. And we're, we're watching the end of the round of 32 or whatever it was. I forget, like, they'd already started the next few matches, but it, it ended no matter. I was like, well, well, can I watch this next round now that's starting? And the rigid windows were bizarre to me. But um, all right, that's it. U.S. Amateur, another successful uh, holding of that that historic championship, the Wyndham Championship, another historic championship. The Wyndham uh, Championship for the Greensboro Open. Greensboro, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Who won in 1940? I saw Justin Ray was tweeting about it. The <laughs> Walter Hagen or something. Someone. Did you think I they had sand? Byron Nelson? Maybe. You think they had sand sculptures at that one? 1940s. Um. Uh, Hat. Uh, I'm sorry, not Chesson Hadley. <laughs> Kevin Kisner. Justin Hadley's gets in, the 125th, last man in with Justin Rose booting it on the 18th uh, green, three-putting for bogey. Justin Hadley gets in, also makes his first ace of his life. Congrats to our friend and colleague. I don't know if he's a colleague. He's, he's a friend, fellow media member, Shane Bacon. Got his first ace as well on the weekend. So what the Hadley thing's kind of unbelievable. Week, what a week for whole ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but Kevin Kisner wins a six-man playoff at Sedgefield. Uh, takes two holes. Adam Scott hit it to Adam Scott range. As soon as it landed, I was like, that's not, you know, didn't, make, didn't even Death touch trade. the cup. That's true. Uh, no, it, yeah. it just grazed it. It, it nicked it. All right. It. Okay, it, fine. It slightly caught the low lip. It just okay. nicked it. Fine. Okay. All right. Sure. Um <laughs> And then Kevin Kisner stuffs his shot, approach shot on the second, uh, go around at 18, and does convert his whatever it was, about four feet birdie. Gets, finally Can gets I off the playoff schneid. Yeah, absolutely. 
I'm so sick of the like the 125 thing. It doesn't really matter. You know, if these guys that finish 120, like Justin Rose isn't going down to the the Corn Ferry Tour. Patrick Rogers, I think, finished 127. He's not play. He's not going to play once on the Corn Ferry Tour next year. It's not like they actually lose their cards. They have conditional status, and they're going to get 17, 18 starts on that. So they aren't going anywhere. So it doesn't really matter. It it matters in in a small degree of being like a full status, and that matters for their sponsors and everything. But like, this is not like oh, you finished 127. He's he's out. No, he's just going to play 18 times. He's not going to get a pick where he pull any plays, but he's still playing like a full season on the PGA Tour. Rant over. This relegation, Fair. it just sucks. They need to kick people off tour. This is another thing I was thinking about today. You get a two-year exemption for winning on the PGA Tour. They think winning's such a big deal. If you're playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, you win. You're not guaranteed to get onto the PGA Tour. You'd think a win on the Corn Ferry Tour would would if you if you pushed this much emphasis on a win on the PGA Tour, a yeah. win on the Corn Ferry Tour should get you a year on the PGA Tour. If this is if if we're just yeah. saying Winning. wins are this important, so one has to go. And also in a sport that's. You know, striving for clarity to the point where we have a low, uh, low gross or a low net final. Like there is no clarity about who has what beyond the one twenty five. It's like, I, you know, even for people who are in the in the mix and you know memorize the exemption categories, it's hard to kind of suss out. Wait, wait, wait. No, Sabatini or whoever, like he could do the twenty-six to fifty career money. He's got the cuts exemption. He's got. He's going to have this kind of conditional status. Like it's just, it's so Byzantine and nebulous. After that, like there's nothing. There's no That's like. The thing. He's out. If there was he's straight. In. If there was straight relegation. If it was real. If yeah. the, if it was like you're out, you're in. You're out. Like it would be sick. It'd be awesome. It'd be but, so awesome if 126 meant you're down. You came close, but too bad. Like, you're you're down. If Justin Rose was playing on the Corn Ferry Tour next year, it'd be freaking amazing. But he's not. Ricky's not either. None of these guys are playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. And you know what? All those guys, what they end up doing is take the starts from the rookies that just got their PGA Tour cards. Right. Is that it's just going to be like those guys end up taking these guys' starts, and if they don't play well in the out of the shoot with their first five or six starts, they're in a behind the eight ball get, keeping their card. Yeah, people would argue that there should be safeguards for Justin Rose having Why? a couple of months, or someone like him, or Adam Scott, who is kind of near near the bubble, but obviously played well. Um, I don't know. I think they would say Justin Rose's PGA Tour. They would say, I, I know it when I see it. He shouldn't. But if you want to put emphasis on a season and an emphasis on a race and an emphasis on points, then like uh, someone like Justin Rose getting booted would matter. That would add that actually you know, the create other thing, real authentic emphasis to the those points and races and season cutoffs. They'd be playing but, their asses off the last few months if they were true. even near it. 
Like they, you'd get more the best out of guys more often if it, if the repercussions for losing your card were actually like real. If you yeah. actually were going to get sent down. The reality is is once you spent like once you've kept your card after you got it as a, a rookie or you know your second or third time back up, once you've kept your card, it's like really hard to lose your card. That's the thing. It's just like hard to not like those guys that finished like 153 are still going to get starts. The only guys that are in trouble were the ones that missed missed the web finals. Yeah, like which outside is what, 200 the, plus 200. It's like 30 guys. Right. Right. So they're kind of in no man's. I guess like 175 is a big number too. Yeah. Yeah. But Right, the the whole storyline narrative around the 125 is really just for the playoffs. You miss out on Ultimate August or whatever it's called, but now it's not even ending in August, so they had to scrap that branding for this year, and it's Escher name in history, whatever it is called. Uh, the Wyndham, by the way, was a good championship. It was a good Sunday. I mean, how about Henley booting it? On he the was last terrible. Hole. I'm Awful. happy for Hadley. He had a great interview. I watched it. It got my attention as I was watching live. Uh, someone who talked about a lot, not not a lot of good things that happened to him in the game, um, and just to have a, an ace. He was on the outside looking in at that point. He's like, just to have the ace to play well was really nice. And he obviously I mean, back got nine twenty nine to get to one twenty five is pretty, pretty sweet. Cool. And he, he talked about it. Now imagine, imagine if if he didn't shoot twenty nine and he was gone. He was. Like yeah. how more, much more amazing the back nine twenty nine would be, right, right. So that was a good interview. Uh, it should be it should be like a ceremony, like you know, uh, you know, like in the those like medieval uh, times, like where they had the trap doors and people would go, you know, trap door down to the cellar or whatever. Maybe. Should be like that. You should feels like, like you're mashing up something here, but maybe that's the thing. You just get yeah, like vaguely, said, really. he, like the guys are gone. We never see it. We don't see him again. Because <laughs> like the court fairy tours never pe- te- televised. So like it's just like they're gone. Like maybe we'll see. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to see them for months. That's pretty good. And we should note, I mean, this is going to become even more dramatic as it seems like the fall is going to become more of the Euro tourist time. Maybe not this year, but the fall series, a lot of rumblings about the fall, fall slate sort of being reduced uh, on the PGA Tour. Uh, Wyndham was a good event. Congrats to Kevin Kisner. He gets off the playoff schneid. Uh, Roger Sloan was there with his wife and kid, which just yeah. delighted me to no end. that they brought that up. Kid was <laughs> screaming after he talked about how the tour had abandoned the family aspect in the middle of a pandemic, and it was embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that that tickled, you know, as hardcore shotgun start listeners would only know, that tickled my funny bone seeing uh, him there with his wife and kid. Where, kid was screaming. Who, where, did too, you find yourself there. rooting against anybody in the playoff? Oh, in the playoff? Uh, you know, I, I, I've had enough Kevin Na for yeah, this season and next and for a while. You know, that's just kind of been my standing position for the last <laughs> year or so. Um, I don't know. There was no one other, you know, vehemently against. I was fine with Kisner winning. It immediately transitioned to the Ryder Cup thing, which... You oh, know, my the, God. I don't... 
I don't know. We'll talk about Ryder Cup another time, but um, it seems. Hey, to be- what with this with the playoffs ending? Are the, do the picks come right after the playoffs? I should know this. Do you know this? The captains' picks. I think yeah. they come. Yeah, Labor Day after that because you got six who are already in. They got like so many weeks before. I I wish we could carry this through the Safeway, like at least like through the, fo- Fortnite, the Fortnite, the Fortnite, Fortnite championship. I wish we could carry this through like the first like three fall events, and then like somebody like uh you know like Peter Malnati wins two of the first three fall events and he gets, oh God, he gets a on. surprise. I think they got to keep a captain's pick one spot. What happened to that? Like the Billy Horschel spot, they got to keep for the fall series. Pat and Kazire might make his run. Well, naughty on the Ryder Cup. They did that with the Ryan Moore thing in sixteen. I it know was like that's a what nightmare. I'm saying. This is too too tight a turnaround. It's like it's your you know it's the twenty first century. Like how hard is it to just like get a guy a uniform in a couple days? Like let's not <laughs> order a couple you know. extra sizes. Like yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you want them counting waiting fall false random fall series. Well, I just want the I want the story. I want the storyline. Like one of my favorite storylines of recent years was when Keegan Bradley won the the BMW. Yeah. Yeah. On that Monday morning, the guy was like shoveling beer down his throat (laughs) on Monday morning. Keegan Bradley's winning, and and everybody's talking about Ryder Cup lock for Keegan Bradley. And that's what I want, but I want it when it, when they're in Napa and, uh, and when they're and it's Kevin Tway or something yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be good. Do uh, you have any other thoughts on the Wyndham? No. It's fine. I mean, it's Adam Scott, I, it's a, that putt was horrible. His yeah. shots were so beautiful. They were, that was like effectively a picture into Adam Scott. Like if you could just say, here's Adam Scott's career. Like obviously he made a few putts. He's won some big tournaments. But like it, this is like one of the guys that you're like, God, how has he won so little? Yeah, you just like he like hit his drive past everybody. You know, the then drive he hits his was approach ex- shot closer. Extraordinary, yeah. And you're like, There's oh, even well, yeah, that's because he's Adam Scott, and the other guys are not. And like, like he is a demonstrably better talent over his course of his career. And then, of course, he did the other Adam Scott thing. But, yeah, it just yeah. was. Um, Kisner, I tweeted about this, but Kis- this is this is like peak shotgun start spotlight zone. But I was yeah. like, oh, Kisner, owned for five going into this playoff, which was what Payne Stewart was when he was like maligned called avis man for yeah. being second always being runner-up to hertz <laughs> you know always being runner-up so you know kisner was effe- is effectively was at the he's now following the the pain stewart playbook maybe he's the Uh-oh. next pace you know because he went yeah. 0 for five and then he won yeah. finally won one and uh otherwise he was heading for the crenshaw 0 for eight yeah can we say can we say something substantively about a player based on his playoff record? Maybe. Like, I, the playoffs can be fickle things. Like, just random. I don't know. Yeah, but I guess if you don't hit the shots to make a birdie, and you don't do it for eight times or five times, I guess you can say something, you know, conclusive about it. I think it's more if somebody just, like, gives it away 
in a playoff yeah. rather than if he hits good shots and, and loses because somebody hit like slightly better shots. Like, did you see that, uh, that Townsend, uh, Hugo Townsend, yeah. uh, Grabal- uh, Grabalsic, uh, match. Yeah. On the extra hole or what? Yeah. Well, in, in the 18th hole, like Townsend yeah. flagged it, hit like an made incredible birdie on 18 to send it to extras. And then Grabalsic like hits an incredible shot to end it. You know, right. like I don't think Townsend lost that at all. Like he he hit the shots to send it there, and he hit a really good shot in at the playoff. He just didn't make birdie. You know, right, right, right. He pulled an iron off the tee though, right, and hit it in the rough. No, yeah, and Grubelson uh, bombed it I down there. Isn't I thought he hit right. a good shot. He hit a good shot uh, into the green. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. You're right. All right, uh, that's your Wyndham Championship recap on the LPGA. The women's Scottish. We'll get to a KFT here in a minute. Women's Scottish. Oh, one more thing. One more thing on the playoff. I thought that Scott, they should have just had Scott putt the putt right away. So then we didn't have to watch all the other putts. It was annoying me. That's a good point. Who had birdie putts? Just Sloan and Scott. Sloan and Scott. They should have just gone. Once everybody was on the green, those two should have gone. So it could have ended earlier. That's a good Who point. knows? Scott oh. might have made, it, made it if he didn't have to wait so we long. just go home. Do yeah. you think the six-person playoff hurt him? I think there was an element to that. And then he's going to the book, and he's doing the aim point. I don't know what he was like, doing. What? It was a dead straight putt. <laughs> yeah, that didn't look very... I wasn't convinced as he you know, did all his calculations after staying on the green for 20 minutes while everybody else finished out. But... Uh, the same thing happened with Kisner, just waiting around forever, and then we get the inevitable. He, he makes his, not kick in, but a, a close putt. All right, on the LPGA, we have Ryan O'Toole, wins the Women's Scottish Open. A delightful story. She wins it in her 228th start on the LPGA. Had a good career, not a not you know a, a great career. She's you know, won over more than $2 million in earnings, you know, never done anything really in a major, but uh, a good talent, and she finally gets it done, comfortably almost. Wins at the, the Women's Scottish at Dunbarney Links, and she talks about how she was going to maybe retire at the end of this year, you know, it's time to have kids, I'm getting married, move on, have do other things with my life, and now she's won the Scottish Open. It gets like a good pack, a full field, you know, good pack of chasers. Lydia Ko, I think, shot 62. Um... Charlie Hall was in it. So, you know, congrats to Ryan O'Toole. One of those stories you get in golf where players kind of been around forever, had good career, but never broke through for a win. And uh, that was Ryan O'Toole, former big break contestant, I learned today as well. So, man, uh, you got the big break. That's Um, big, big break alumni. Another win for big breaker. It was windy over there. There was, I don't know about, there was a lot of good, good, uh, I don't know, weather. Weather golf impacting that. Uh, in you know what I'm. Uh, there was a catch base, and I saw Jeff Shepard. Lots of lots of catch bases. What was it, Clive something or other? Clive the, the Clark. But, yeah. All right. Not good. Uh, <laughs> not not on Lynx Land. It's it's unnecessary. <laughs> you don't think you need that? Okay. No, that's um, lazy. Right. That's laziness. Um, yeah. The. Um, this was uh, this was a nice little appetizer for this week's main event, the uh, Women's I, Open. I cannot wait. Carnoustie, it's going to be awesome. 
last major of the year. Is that accurate? Is there another senior or something I'm forgetting about? I know we have Solheim, Ryder Cub. The, I think it's the last major of the year. But yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, at the Kazoo Classic. The Kazoo. Callum Hill wins. We, Scotland's gone back to back now. They won at the fake St. Andrews last week. And now uh, Callum Hill wins at the Kazoo Classic in London. I have some good Callum Hill facts, and then we'll get off the Euro Tour. Um, I guess he has the same management and coach as Big Shot Bob, so you know he's got good people in his ear, because Big Shot Bob's a favorite of ours. Um, He played at Western New Mexico University, finished his eligibility, and came back as an assistant golf coach. After like a pretty decent college career at Western New Mexico, uh, he goes back for to get some like master's degree. He goes, I still want to be a part of this program, and he was a coach. And guys were his teammates. He's a fifth year coach. So um, while he's getting his master's, I, I hey, mean, what do you think Western Nebraska, uh, New Mexico's mascot is? Like the uh, some sort of desert creature. Um, antelopes. I don't even know if that's a desert creature. What is it? Their mascot is is rawhide. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm just is it a cowboy? Just, what what is rawhide? I don't know. How do you think he ended up there from Scotland? I have no clue. Probably what like city some is family in? friend. Silver City. Silver City. I don't even know where the, that is. Their nickname's the Mustangs. Rawhide. Oh. Oh, Maybe okay. it's like a saddle. So it's a horse. Eh, I think it's probably the name of the horse. You know? Like like oh, yeah. the Florida State Traveler. You know, it's, it's just, just the name oh, of the wow. horse. Oh, wow. It's like a purple horse. Like, a, okay. We don't need to talk anymore. But Callum Hill, congrats. Apparently, a lot of people I'm can attest. I'm in on Rawhide. There you go. This is new things you learn recording this on the Kazoo Classic. Um, a lot of people attest to his character. Seems like a really good dude. So congrats to them. Congrats to Scottish people everywhere for back-to-back wins. Um, and on the Shaw Charity Classic, Doug Barron wins, loses his mind, just jumping around, throwing fist pumps in the air, drops an F-bomb on the broadcast. Says I just went out and fucking took it on the inter- the interview, you know, with the Golf Channel. Like, I guess he's a, a Memphis, uh, very hardcore Memphian, Memphisian, whatever you say about that. But um, yeah, congrats to Doug Barron, winning north of the border in Calgary, the Shaw Charity Classic. Somebody sent us video of the first tee starter. I guess some guy like a cowboy hat, just screaming, going nuts to. I don't know, moderate fanfare. I mean, I don't know how, how that registers in Calgary, but congrats to Doug Barron. And then last, but certainly not least, probably, I think, you know, probably the most number, compelling yeah, I, afternoon watch, I would definitely say. Definitely most compelling, I would say. I just, th- I think that uh, this is, we talked last week about like the significant, where the tour ranked in terms of significant. Like this week, it was a clear number three behind USAM and in this event, uh, the Corn Ferry Finals. I mean, this is yeah. so much more of a big deal. I mean, you saw us, Austin. Uh, we'll get into it. Da- uh, yeah. David Skins won. Uh, David Skins leapfrogged 
into the top 25 with a win. He's a 40-year-old journeyman who's been all over the block from all intents and purposes, a very talented guy who's just never put it together. He wins this. He gets in. He gets his tour card. It's been a like a long grind. He's never been on tour. Um, he's had he had a chance a few years ago that he withdrew from a tournament. He was in the mix in Corn Ferry Finals. Withdrew from the tournament because I think it was his wife uh, had something going like a a surgery or I can't remember the exact story. Um, but you know, like great, se- seemingly great guy. Um, he wins the tournament, gets into the into the gets onto the PGA Tour, which is really Card. neat. I am going to read off all twenty five really quick. I think they deserve their names to be read out. They've won the super they season. They deserve, These their, guys names are, to be, to deserve yeah, their names to be deserve their names to be read on the podcast, Shotgun Stars. This niche podcast, corner of the world. Uh, Steven Yeager, Mito Pereira. We're just going in order. Mito obviously got his uh, battlefield already. Steven Yeager, the goat. Chad Ramey, Taylor Moore, Taylor Pendrith. There was a real Taylor zone going on in this 25. There's another that didn't get it. Taylor Moore, Taylor Pendrith, Grayson Sig, Davis Riley, Jared Wolf, Will Zalatoris, Plucky, gets in there. He's top 30 in the world. Lee Hodges, Adam Svensson, David Lipsky, Brandon Wu, Northwestern zone here. Max McGreevy, Paul Barjon. Is, Brand, is that the Ron Wu? Dylan Wu. Is the one that went, yeah. yeah, Brandon, we went to Stanford, right? So David Lipsky's Northwestern. Max McGreevy, Paul Barjan, Andrew Novak, Dylan Wu, Steph Reeves, Cameron Young, Nick Hardy, Curtis Thompson, David Skins, Ben Coles, Brett Druitt, and 25th is Austin Smotherman. So he moved in. I think Austin he's a, Smotherman was a, like the just the perfect quintessential, like, I think everybody can relate to Austin Smotherman's day. He played f- oh. fantastic golf to get himself into the point where, like, he ha- he had a lot of a lot of yeah. wiggle room today. So yeah. he all he had to do was like not go out and shoot eighty. Yeah, and he, he did. almost did it. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, It's kind of like the basic thing. Like I think it, it, he needed to finish fortieth or better, and he entered the day in the top six or seven of the tournament and uh and he he basically did his best to to make it as close as possible like that putting it on 18 i was like oh my god he might three putt this he hit left up <laughs> five feet short um but he just was it, it's just funny because like i i think every golfer can relate when like say you're in some sort of like qualifying and it's got to yeah. be like i think like club pros that are trying to pass the PAT deal with this all the time. They have to shoot whatever it is, like 10 shots above the course rating or better. And you always end up around the number. Like, just don't yeah. even think about the number. Just play golf. Like, in Smotherman's case, like, he clearly played different today than he played that got him into the mix of the tournament. You know, like, yep. but yep. his reaction coming off the green was great. And uh, that, that was the thing. Like, you see these, like, Guys just like break down in tears because they're realizing a lifelong goal, which is really neat. Um, and and they know that hey, like finally I'm gonna like make some money. Like is the another thing for a lot of these guys. Yep, yep. Smotherman and Skins got in, and I believe it was Peter Uline and uh, Taylor oh, Montgomery. Should we talk about talk about Taylor Montgomery, Mister Montgomery? Yep. So what? This is just red meat. I mean, you know, look. People think we holler about these things just to this ho- holler the about them, but like this shit happens. The backboarding. There's 
there's oh, the, you know do you the want to talk CT about the testing. You've got guys playing hot drivers knowingly. Like this stuff actually matters. And I, I don't I think the Sabatini getting a medal is more of a you know a, a windfall. But like this stuff, you know, hey, it matters. And Taylor Montgomery, this is a exhibit, another exhibit in the pile that you have on the U.S. Open. The KFT not taking a week off during the U.S. Open and forcing its members to decide between amassing or accruing points on their tour or playing in their national championship what they duly and rightfully qualified for. And that's what happened with Taylor Montgomery. He qualified for the U.S. Open, made the cut at Torrey Pines. How high did he finish? Top 40 57th. Okay. So, you know, he made the cut. He made money. And, you know, he skipped the KFT event and misses out on the last spot of a tour card by, you know, just a small number of points. And which, you know, you can't carry in the hypothetical further. You don't know what you would have done. And what was it, Wichita or something that was or the so Kansas, I think, was opposite Torrey Pines. You don't know what he would have done. But um, had he accrued some points there, he might have be 25th and have his card. But. You know, so it's mandatory that they play opposite the U.S. Open. I guess this—it's just absurd. It's embarrassing for the Corn Ferry Tour that you have weeks off, and this isn't just one of them. Like built in the yeah. one—it's the one major championship that they can play in. That's the other thing. It's the Open. It. it right. I mean, I guess right. they could play the Open Championship, but like, this is just so ridiculous. So. And the fact that you don't get points, that the points don't count, like yeah. that if you go play on the PGA Tour and you have a great finish, you should get some credit to your Corn Ferry thing. Like, it's just an insane situation. And, you know, he finished 57th. He finished 17 points out of 25th behind Smotherman. So he finished okay. 57th in the in the U.S. Open. If he finishes 40th in a Corn okay. Ferry or... 39th in a corn ferry to in that corn ferry whatever event was that week yeah he finished 39th there he gets his card wow and, and again he another made the ad cut wrinkle. at the u.s open the <laughs> there are like months where the the web tour doesn't play or corn ferry tour whatever it's called right i mean they have many weeks off there it wouldn't hurt to take one week in june uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little wrinkle that just developed right before our very eyes. Um, uh, how about the backboard? How how great was it? Like Skins got Skins gets the drop from a terrible tee shot. He clearly was nervous. Then he gets the. I think he got a nuclear lie in the rough. He thought. I think he thought. Like I heard the telecast talking about how there's all this grass going pushing against it, like into the grain. Yeah. yeah I think he thought it was going to come out dead. It comes out hot. That ball would have been 60 yards over the green. <laughs> and it hits, it literally bounces off the the backboard. It it, get, it bounced 15 feet back into play off the backboard. It hit it so hard. Gets and he's up and got down like, it's par. just a, a simple little up and down. There's Wins no the way he makes par if the, if the grandstand's not there. You know, and of course it won't be next week for the Omaha Country Club members. The, the yeah. chops, the, you know, they play it in harder conditions. And Billy Mayfair's World Night sent us video of that. Like, just skulls the bunker, shoots some twenty yards back onto the green. Unbelievable. But hey, from all accounts, Skins is just a great dude. So I mean, I don't know, backboard benefit. Maybe it was his time to get that break again. But we'd rather not, you know, discriminate when it comes to the backboard. It just shouldn't be there for anybody. So. 
Um, all right, that's it. You got anything else? Full slate, full slate of golf. I think we covered everything. No news. Callum Hill, the Western New Mexico mascot. Uh, there wasn't much news, I don't think, of any consequence. Unless I'm forgetting something. Keep your eyes out for the Rucket Bucket. Will Knight's texting us different categories already. Trying to gauge Andy Johnson's enthusiasm for your Brendan shout this Friday during the Liberty National. Uh, so we'll have plenty of chatter about the uh, Rucket Bucket coming. We'll, we'll tweet the link, share it on Instagram, probably newsletter it, all that stuff. So... Uh, We're excited about that. It's our playoffs, the Rocket Bucket. All right, we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.